we go. All set. How you, how you doing? How you, good, man. Just uh, just chilling, waiting until they allow us to start training again. Yeah, I know the feeling. It's not a uh, not ideal situation anyone's in right now, huh? It's a weird one, but at least everyone's in the same one together. Yeah, you know, exactly. It's a feeling. That's the only the only bright spot, I guess, for the the soccer wise. It's not like one team's still able to train and we're not or something. Exactly. Yeah. Are you trying to get a a leg up somehow? Are you trying to give the boys some some material to go after, or, or can you do that even? Yeah. So uh, we're allowed to go to the field, um, but yeah. it has to be by themselves or with one other person. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> giving them like uh, workouts to do with uh, based on every workout's like a competition. So yep. hopefully trying to keep them motivated, you know, get some questions at the end. Yeah, I like that. But but it works. I mean, it works. But I think, you know, the first couple of weeks, there's a lot of intensity. Then you see kind of a, a little bit of a dip because it's hard to just keep training and training when there's not a, a guaranteed set date yet to look forward. Yeah, to. your motivation takes a hit there. Exactly. All right, we're going to get started. Welcome back to another Footy and Coffee Conversations. Are you are you a coffee connoisseur? I am not. Uh, that being said, I thought I had coffee. Instead, this is, this is some lame green tea, but, you know, I'll cheers okay. you nonetheless. Okay, cheers with the tea. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good choice, though. Can't hate the tea. Can't go yeah, wrong with um, some good tea. <laughs> as long as it has caffeine, I think we're all good. Yeah, are you – now, when you drink tea, is it just straight tea or do you add milk and things like that? No, I'm a, I'm a purist. And by sure. purist, I mean, I don't know enough about it to really get into the specifics. But, uh, yeah, it's just tea alone. All right. I like it. I like it, though. Um, just to get started, if you want to um, say your name, give a little background, um, and then we'll get going, starting with your youth career and all. Yeah, Both sure thing. So, first you, of all, you know. gotcha, yeah. So, uh, I'm Benjamin Cassara. For those of you who don't know me, I've been playing soccer since I was four. Um, I'm a defender. I've played my whole life, even though every defender will say that they've played forward at one point or another. Basically, they're more or less a defender. So I've been a center back. I've been a right back. I've been a defensive center mid. Um, you know, I've played all over, but those are the three predominant positions that I've played professionally as well as collegially. Um, yeah, it's been a long journey, and I uh, have a lot of positives in there, and I wish it could have went on. Unfortunately for for me, you know, I ended up hanging up the boots just two months ago, which I guess was good timing in retrospect. <laughs> um, I, I didn't know that really going into it. It was kind of a decision that was um, I made based upon sort of my family's demands. Uh, you know, I think that I, I could do more to help them out from, from here as opposed to, you know, just FaceTiming from somewhere far away. There's only so much you can do there. So, you know, there's no regrets there, and I'm excited for whatever uh, – the next phase has uh, in store for me so yeah so what what, what are you doing now with your life <laughs> uh that's a good good question um yeah i uh so right now i am working as a consultant for a home remodeling company um sounds a lot less glamorous than it is <laughs> but it's it's cool it's been good I, i've i started there in february so I just got hired basically before this all happened. Um, yeah, it was a good timing. I also, I also am a personal fitness trainer for 
Um, I was going to start at a certain gym, but um, that I haven't officially got hired there, so I don't want to name drop anything just yet. Um, but yeah, aside from that, I'm going to be going back uh, next month to be getting my master's in public health. Uh, and so I'll be, I'll be keeping busy for sure. But at the same time, you know, I'm here to kind of be closer to family. So babysit Absolutely. my I have a niece and nephew and, uh, you know, I haven't seen them in a while, so it'll be good to be around. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's, uh, an aspect that maybe people don't really realize with professional soccer, they think of the glamorous and all, but the being away from family for months on end and not, not being there for so many family important holidays and celebrations is definitely a big thing that people don't think about that you have to give up. Absolutely. And I, I don't want to single out just soccer, you know, this is for any sort of athlete lifestyle yeah. to begin with, you know, it's, obviously at the professional level, when you're going to find an opportunity, you're usually going far away from home, unless ideally you, you get to play for your, the club in your hometown. Uh, but that being the case, you know, it's, it's tough. And a lot of people, some people it's easier because different circumstances in their families, but uh, for mine being what it is, you know, away from family is always tough. And uh, especially when you're super close, that, that makes it just as, yeah, you know, doubly hard. So, yeah. Uh, in the meantime, like I said, I'm happy to be home and it's, it's complete 180 from what I'm used to, but it's, uh, it's exciting. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, uh, the only, the only positive is being that we play in the summer months, uh, you, you miss a lot of weddings, which is sad, but my wallet uh -huh. probably thanks me. Cause I think last year alone, I had like yeah. eight, eight weddings I couldn't attend. So that's a lot of money saved on yeah. the travel. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. I, no, that's. That's it's definitely a, the pros that come away from it, but you know, I, I would rather spend that to be at these weddings if I'm being honest. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm just trying to, you know, stay positive with it. I'm saying um, hi to Reed. Reed out here is a uh, Bridges legend, right there. Reed is uh, Reed. I made it to your wedding because it was in the winter, so of course I could. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So just to get started. Talk us. Talk us through your youth career, where you grew up playing. Uh, what uh -huh. youth club you were playing for and how kind of deciding where to go to university look like? Sure. Uh, I might go more in depth than you're asking for, but uh, we'll hit it from there. So most people in the U.S. will all understand what AYSO is. You know, that's the very grassroots effort to start. And um, usually what comes with that is you get to play with uh, – <laughs> I appreciate that, Reed. Um, basically what comes with that is – a really cool team name. So the Purple Dragons, we thought sounded like a really cool name. Uh, and, you know, looking back, maybe we could have done that better. But that's where I started when I was uh, when I was four. After that, I went to a club called Hinsdale USA. Um, another guy, Marcel Appia, this guy is another legend, plays in Germany. Um, man, he's played everywhere. He's played at the highest level. And I got to learn from this guy. And Spend some fun time in Alabama with him. But anyway, I'll go back to uh, the club. So I played for Hinsdale USA, small club. Um, but for the first time in my life, I realized that everyone that was in my grade in school um, was older than me. So I guess I was younger. So at that was the very first time I started playing up, I suppose, just because I was playing with people that were, you know, my classmates. And then after that, I played above that. And that's what really helped me to kind of challenge myself and get better and so after the hinsdale usa i went to a club called chicago blast which a lot of people around the chicago area will know 
but it was just starting then. It was brand new. Um, if you know of them, then you also know of uh, Alex Mahalovich, which he is the uh, he's the guy who started that whole thing off. So he recruited me there, got me going. He was a big, uh, big, not only coach, but kind of mentor for me. He taught me a lot about, you know, winning. Sounds cliche, but at a young age, you know, a lot of parents and stuff, they care a lot about their children having a good time and a good experience. And he could not care less about that. He wanted you to win at all costs. And it sounds terrible, but, you know, he really taught me a lot about competing and competing through a lot of different, a lot of different things. And by all the looks of it, he's taught his son the same thing and he's crushing it. So I'm happy for Georgie and uh, hope he continues doing well. After that, I went to soccer's, which I think most people are familiar with in the Schaumburg area. Mm -hmm. And that was a big step, a uh, big commitment, not just from me, but more so from my parents. I'm looking back at it. It was, it was an hour 45 one way. Um, and, you know, I didn't think much of it at the time. I just thought I was tired. I was going to training straight from school, coming home. But I didn't think about what my parents are doing. They're going there. They're sitting in the car. Like, what are they doing? Twiddling their thumbs or calling people? It's, it's tough. And, um, you know, I have them to thank for a lot of my success. Um, after that, there was some weird times. There was great times, but also weird ones. I, um, I ended up getting dropped from their academy team all the way to their fourth team. And wow. I, yeah, that was my, my impression as well. I didn't know what I did, uh, what was going on. But uh, I stayed there a little bit longer to try to try to prove that coach wrong. And um, I, I thought I did a decent enough job, but apparently he didn't think so. So everything happens for a reason. And I ended up uh, trying out for the Chicago Fires Academy. Um, they just had their first open tryout after winning, I think it was U15-16 Academy. Uh, they just won nationals, the first MLS club to do so. And I'm going there thinking, all right, this is – it's going to be a fun shot. Let's do it. And so there was the first tryout was, I believe, 1,500 kids. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that helped me stand out, Reed. I appreciate it. But, it, um, yeah, it started off like that. They kept calling people back. My number was like an ODP number, some huge number they put on the back. You know, I felt like number, I'm at a marathon. Number 217. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And um, so I did that. Uh, they called Basically, I'll shorten the story up. They had about six different tryouts after that. And the last one, it worked out. I guess they needed my position. And um, that's really what kind of propelled me on to the rest of my career. You know, I figured if, if I could make it here and, and do, be successful there, a lot of doors would open to me. And that's, that's exactly what happened. So, uh, yeah, I started there. And that was a lot of, lot of people I've met there and some of the best friends I have now. Um, I haven't probably seen a few of them in a long time, but I can see them tomorrow and it'd just be like yesterday because mm -hmm. of everything you go with, with them on the field, but even more so off the field because there's so much more time spent off of it than it is just playing games. Yeah. 100%. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, I know you asked for some, some sort of colorful stories to try to keep this, uh, keep this light. And so I'm, I'm trying to think of a few or, is now the right time, or do you want me to show hey, those later? Whenever you want. It's your, it's your, your interview, man. You do what you feel. Well, like I know, I know. I just want to make sure I'm doing it right. Okay, so go, we bro. had uh, Tony Key's absolute legend in Chicago. Everyone knows him. First off, as an amazing person who's been through a lot, but secondly, as one of the best trainers in the country. And that's not me over-exaggerating. I think you could ask a lot of people, and that would give you the same response. 
uh, we started off doing crazy drills with this guy and I'm looking at it. I'm thinking my touch is awful. <laughs> and where, where was this earlier on? If I started this earlier, uh, this would have helped me out a lot. And we would used to go, you know, I complained about going to soccer as an hour and 45 in one direction, but people used to drive probably two hours from around there to come down to Bridgeview to, to train in a locker room. Mm-hmm. We would do a session on, uh, we used to do sessions just on like a CD. Yeah, like TK I remember 90. those. I remember the Absolutely, TK man. It was crazy. <laughs> and it was fantastic. It got me in shape, but it was, uh, it was a really, really funny time. And that continued on when we, uh, we started training at, it was a dome for the winter. And it was, I'm pretty sure it was a reconfigured uh, driving range. But basically, they made it out into a soccer field. And uh, half the time, someone would be on the top, you know, training. And the rest of the group would be in their poor excuse for a basement, um, which <laughs> this was this was some grungy, disgusting basement. It wasn't even finished. I'm probably immune to asbestos at this point because of that, which is wonderful. But, uh, you know, you would go down there and it's just, it smells rancid. You're down there working out with probably 20 other guys. And after you're done, you go up and train. So you're doing a workout down there, like abs, upper arm circuit and you come upstairs and you can literally wring your shirt out because you're soaking wet it was disgusting at the same time the biggest takeaway from that was they preached a lot of stuff over there but this one really stuck with me the most and that was that training is supposed to be harder than the game and i up until that point never really realized that i always thought no the game is so much harder i'm exhausted after a game because i gave it everything and while that was true I think that just meant that maybe I wasn't being pushed hard enough in training. Mm-hmm. And at this point, you know, if you try to do everything a lot harder in training, you know, it'll speak for itself because the game at that point, you don't touch the ball as many times as you would in training. That's consistently getting training on, on that. And, you know, it, it should ideally perfect you for that. But in the, obviously a lot of variables happen in the game that don't happen in training, but that's, that's what I took away from that. And that was a great time. And, um, that's also what got me recruited into college was, was my performance and, and how I, uh, not just individual, but how, how well the team did um, both academy levels for the fire uh, got me recruited to Creighton. And, now, real, uh, real quick, before you, you get into the Creighton situation, um, yeah. I, I don't know how you, you water skied over this at Bennett Academy getting <laughs> nine, nine goals and three assists as a center back. See yeah, <laughs> we're just gonna add like that didn't happen. I was um, I was given free roam to kind of license uh, and, and go wherever I wanted. Um, I was a number ten as a center back. If that tells you anything, <laughs> that, that's that's when you know it has to be has to be high school. But it was um, I don't want to belittle those guys. I had a really good uh, group of teammates, and you know, not all of them went on to play in college. But that doesn't mean they all couldn't. You know, I had a lot of a lot of really good teammates and you, you know, this as well. A lot of people kind of were, I don't want to say gypped, but they were a little bit, <laughs> they were a little bit, I see that Marcel. Yeah. Uh, they see that they were shortchanged a little bit because of the Academy landscape, it was mm-hmm. either Academy or high school and they were trying to fight each other where, where that didn't make much sense to me. And if you chose high school, usually your standing when you came back to Academy was, was less. 
And, um, you know, that's unfortunate because high school, you can never replace playing with people that you see every single day in school. That's, that's impossible to replace. Absolutely. And um, it, it's, it's something that I will never regret. Although maybe didn't benefit me when I returned to the academy, I had already committed to college. So at that point, I kind of, I didn't want to say I, I had no, no issue doing it or, or no decision to make. I, it still was a big decision for me, but I wanted to at least experience that. And so, like you said, I got uh, a really fun time in high school. Um, yeah, those are the most goals I ever scored. <laughs> at I mean, least on camera, that is. Unless like you Sergio Ramos numbers right there. Yeah, I don't have the tats or the hair, but, you know, I, I tried to be like him a little bit. Um, <laughs> it was fun. It was fun for sure. And um, I took penalties, too. That's when you knew. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I tried okay. to model after. Um, these people are asking some really personal questions there, like like Chris down there. Uh, this guy's a legend, by the way. I met him. Um, Reed, you're up there, too, man. Uh, I'm just going to give Chris a shout-out because I played with him at Creighton. And after that, he, he transferred out of there. But he was one of the shortest players I ever played with. And at the same time, you know, he could have went really, really far if he stuck with it. And so, unfortunately, a lot of things went against him. But that guy was an awesome teammate. Which also, as a tall defender, you know, how miserable is it trying to defend a short player that can turn so much quicker <laughs> laterally? <laughs> well, the problem is they keep falling over when I get close to him. I don't uh -huh. understand what I'm doing wrong. You know, <laughs> no, they, uh, it's, uh, it's tough. And I obviously can't speak from the other perspective because that was never uh -huh. me. Yeah. Um, but you know, at the same time, I do enjoy playing against shorter, uh, attackers, especially ones that are, are pretty rapid because you take one look at, uh, a player and this isn't just me, this is, this could be anyone, but you look at someone and you have an immediate opinion of what they're like especially if it's a short attacker going at a tall defender, you're thinking this guy's going to be slow, clumsy. I can get around him easily. Mm -hmm. And while I'd like to say that's not the case all the time, maybe that happened once or twice, but uh, for the most part, it gives me a little bit of an edge because, you know, that, that impression sometimes um, gives people a false sense of confidence that can play into your benefit. Absolutely. Yeah. So talk then now about, you, you mentioned you, you decide on Creighton. Um, how did you decide on Creighton? Were you looking at other schools at the time? Yeah, yeah. Well, first off, thank you for bringing up high school. That made me sound like a, I knew a little bit what I was talking about going forward Absolutely. offensively. Absolutely. But um, as far as yeah, um, as far as going to Creighton, it was uh, not my only option. I was looking at Creighton. I was looking at Duke. I was looking at Boston College, and I was looking at Princeton. And I was kind of deciding between all of these. And the decision was sort of made for me um, based on how they performed the year before I went there. They made it to the college cup. I think they lost in the semifinals. And I'm watching this team and I'm thinking, man, this would be awesome to play at that level and to do that, as well as I wanted to major in biology. And Creighton had a, and still does have a very good medical program. So I thought it kind of had the best of both worlds for me. Um, I'm not going to lie and also say that when you get recruited by any school, for that matter, it doesn't have to be D1, but any school, you you get a little bit of an inflated ego at that point because you're you're happy, you're you're, you're psyched that someone's someone wants you basically, and it's always a good feeling. Uh -huh. And for me, it, that was another great feeling. I was excited to go there and and to join kind of the culture that they had um, 
going on over there. So that was, that was my decision-making process to get there. And, uh, once I got there, it was, it was also really great, except, uh, as my story later unfolded, I kind of ended up transferring from there. So, you know, in, if I could have done it differently, you know, I, I would like to not get injured and, and stay there my whole career, but stuff happens and you have mm -hmm. to adjust to it. So yeah, it was, um, I do love Creighton. Many people think, oh, it's in Omaha. You know, that's, that's terrible. And I, while they might be right, that's each person's own opinion. They've never probably been there or experienced it. It's a, definitely a small, small city, um, to say the least, but any place is what you make it. You can go to any school, any destination. You can have either the best time or the worst time based on either the people around you or your own attitude about the place. So you know, I had an amazing time there and um, still some of my best friends to this day are all from there. Best bar in Omaha. Oh, that's easy. That's uh, actually, that's not easy. They have a ton of bars there, <laughs> uh, but I didn't, I had never went to any of those because I was underage at that time. So I can't really speak on that, Christopher, but that's a good question. Good um, answer. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, actually, one of my, my friends is the operator of the Chick-fil-A in, in Omaha. So I hear all the stories now about Omaha. Seems like a great place. I mean, you said he's a good friend. You should visit him and make up your own mind. It's a good, it's a good place. If you get super bored, it's just a seven hour car drive. That's not, that's not too bad. <laughs> Depends on who's driving though. It might be faster. Yeah. So, yeah. so you end up, Obviously, transferring from Creighton, talk just briefly about that process, where you then decide to go, why you decided to transfer out. Yeah, absolutely. So I started off there, and it was it was a fantastic atmosphere, um, a lot of really good players. And was I ready to play immediately as a freshman? Maybe not. I, I wouldn't have minded getting thrown into the mix and, you know, seeing what happens because every young player – you need to be tested. You need to be challenged. You need to kind of learn from, uh, ideally you don't make these, but the mistakes you make. Yeah. Uh -huh. And so, um, I would have liked that. I thought, you know, midway through it, I could have, but basically I ended up redshirting. And as such, I wasn't the only one. There was actually a significant portion of us that ended up redshirting. And along the way, it's, it's sort of sad, but again, it's kind of the the reality of sports and, and life in general that it was it's not fair a lot of people got cut even after their freshman year you know they didn't even get a chance to show anything and yet they're already either directly cut or indirectly sort of shown out the door by saying you know you're not going to play next year so you gotta you know make up your mind yeah so it was and uh, real, real quick with that too for other people that maybe aren't in the soccer world themselves it's, you know, people are like, oh, well, you're a freshman, you're waiting on the bench, you'll get your chance. But what they forget is that the next year, there's another group of incoming freshmen, and there's no guarantee that that spot will Absolutely. be filled by one of them either. That's the biggest thing you just said, there's, there's zero guarantees ever. You know, obviously, you can even be the, the coach's favorite. And in the end, something happens you you really there's nothing uh, that is guaranteed every single year. And so you have to keep earning it, which it's not a problem for me and it's not a problem for a lot of players, but sometimes even that isn't able to happen. You're not even allowed to earn it because you're never given the shot. Mm -hmm. And so when I spoke a little bit earlier about being excited for the next phase of my, my career uh, outside of playing soccer, you know, I'm kind of excited for, you know, what I earned to be sort of objective as opposed to, you know, having a, a coach who 
you know, no matter what he says or she says, they're always subjective. They always have their favorites. They always have some, some idea in their head about who's the best and, and who plays the position they w- the way they want it. Um, that's not to say that even uh, you can have a national team player on your team. You know, I've seen this in, in the pros and one coach hates him. You know, he's played even in the Champions League or Europa League, and he would prefer some, some rookie because he likes the way they play or their attitude better. Mm-hmm. And so there are a lot of things that go into it that, that you can't control. And basically that's what happened. I went out there after my redshirt season. Um, I came back, and I was one of the few freshmen that, that came back, actually, um, that wasn't cut. And, you know, I was excited. This was my year. This was what I was sort of – uh, told beforehand and I had a great summer it was like a U, U19 uh, what is that the Lamar Hunt yeah uh, open cup man I, I love that that was with my uh, my Chicago Fire guys all those guys were there to this day they're gonna remember the pretty legendary speech that coach Larry Sunderland gave us at halftime that sort of uh, one of many that he's given he's uh he's, he's a lot of things but he, he was a good coach in the end. There's no denying that. But, yeah, I love those guys to death. But that was a great offseason for me. And I came back ready to go. And it just never never fully uh, manifested itself. The coach never really did what he promised. And, you know, it's, it's okay. I don't begrudge him. He tried to do what I guess he thought was best. Um, but I had to do what I thought was best as well. And as a center back, you um, – you either start or you don't play. So <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a tough feeling. Um, yeah. You know, unless you want to come on to really, really shore things up at the end for the last 10 minutes. But, um, you know, it's, it's a tough position to be in because there's not one that you know you're going to come on as an impact sub, basically. Um, so, yeah, Reed was one of that legendary group. Absolutely fun team, to put it mildly. It was awesome. Uh, but because of that, I came back and I knew I wasn't going to play. And I, it wasn't just my own decision. I kind of uh, spoke to all my teammates, spoke to the upperclassmen that I was really close with. And I asked them personally, am I, am I overstepping here? Do I think I actually deserve something that I don't or something like that? And so that's another really important thing. Um, obviously, I'm a little bit biased. But it's, I think it's important not just in sports but in a lot of things that when you have a certain idea in your head, and if it's uh, you're about to make an important decision, make sure it's not just your notion of, of the truth. You know, it helps a lot when you have people close to you that you can ask and, and, and that, you know, will give you honest uh, feedback, you know, and they will not just say something because it benefits them to maybe have you go out the door and be less competition for them, but actually someone that, you know, will, will help you out and give you honest opinion. So I had that with a lot of the upperclassmen there. I had that with, the assistant coach there who's now the head coach there uh in johnny torres who's another another legend in the omaha community for sure and uh basically I'm, I'm talking a lot about the decision so that's when i ended up transferring and it just so happened that of the schools that i had options from um i got a call one day from this uh this guy named eric yamamoto in santa clara california i had no clue what it was i normally don't answer those calls when i don't have the number but I saw a California number and I thought, yeah, for sure. Let's answer that. That sounds cool. So I pick it up and it's an assistant coach saying, um, yeah, we, we heard you're looking to transfer. Do you want to, do you want to come out to Santa Clara? And I'm thinking to this day, like if I didn't answer that phone call, I probably would have 
kind of blown off the voicemail or maybe they wouldn't have left one. But that's what ended up having me transfer over there. And um, yeah, California from Omaha is a little bit of a 180. A little bit, right? <laughs> it, uh, it, um, it was definitely, a, uh, it took a while to figure out that, you know, I wasn't on vacation. I was there to do, you know, do a job, whether that was in school or on the field. Uh, but once you got over that, it was it was a really, really great time over there. Um, I did not know, however, that I was transferring into uh, one of the hardest situations I would be in. You know, I thought I was transferring to go to a perfect situation, right? There are no perfect situations. Right. But I left one and I came to another one. I got a lot more playing time. It was fantastic. Made incredible friends, great weather. However, you ran every day all the time for punishment, for reward, for whatever you want to call it. You ran every day and I hated it at first. It was, it was terrible. Um, we, we used to, I know schools had terrible fitness tests, right? This mm -hmm. one, they didn't necessarily have one bad one. It was just the sheer number of fitness tests that you had to do. And it was all the time. It was at the end of spring season, at the end of fall season, at the end of any season. <laughs> you, uh, in the summer, you were just running all the time. So do I regret it? No. In fact, it helped me figure out what would later propel me in my professional career, which was being, if nothing else, you can always um, control your effort and how physically fit you are. And so everything else aside, I can't control the mistakes at times. I mean, maybe you can in one way or another, but that those will happen. I can control if I'm fit and if I'm, you know, ready to go when the time comes. So that was, that was another lesson I learned from there. So I, um, I feel you on the running thing. One year uh, we had in university of rule, we had to get 350 passes a game. Um, okay. If we didn't wow. get 350 passes a game, we had to run the next day. That's terrible. <laughs> so so we we had uh we had to get at least a minimum of 150 per half um okay. and then that's know, rough so so we're at yeah. some point you know we're swinging the ball trying to ask the manager that's clicking how many passes do we have to worry about getting passes in a game instead of like <laughs> actually trying to go forward we're just like we got to get our passes so we don't sprint which is crazy to be thinking about during the game a hundred percent. Okay. So I can, I can empathize with you 1000% because we're out there and we're losing one, nothing. And you're thinking to yourself, you're thinking to yourself, not let's go score the next goal so we can win. You're thinking about how bad is the running going to be tomorrow because we lost. And I'm thinking that's, that's terrible. That's the wrong mindset. That should not be how it is. And sadly, I'm not just speaking for this one coach at this university. I'm sure it's a lot of places. You have players that excellent players that burn out because of that. And it's, mm -hmm. it's sad because some of these players, a lot more talented than I ever was, but fortunately for me, I, I persevered through some of it. And sometimes other people can't for other reasons. And, you know, they can really make it far. And that's, that's another thing that for a lot of people that don't understand, not just soccer, but professional sports in general, it, it's, you have to have a baseline of talent. Yes. But after that, it's a certain amount of discipline and perseverance that you have to really push through to get there. And I'm not trying to sit here and just say how fantastic I was that I made it through that, but I'm I'm just pointing out that there's so many players better than me that that unfortunately didn't didn't make it to that level because of potentially coaches like that or a situation where, you know, running takes all the joy out of soccer for them. And 
You know, there's, yeah. there has to be a balance at some point. You have to understand that I need a certain level of fitness to, to succeed on the field. But, you know, it's, it's tough. It's tough for a lot of people. So I, I'm happy that I at least learned a positive lesson from that as opposed to, you know, hanging up the boots then. So Yeah. Also, Reed's trying to tell me my math is wrong saying 175. Um, yeah, we had to get a minimum of 150 and a total of 350. So you had to make up those numbers. There was a little bit. It wasn't a straight half and half for you. Don't worry, I can do math. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that there. I just didn't want to interrupt. I'm thinking that. Yeah, yeah, no. So no, you got it. I for could sure. put him back in his place. <laughs> yeah, let him know. All right, so By the way, I heard that. Right. Sorry, sorry. I was looking. I was just going to give Reed a shout out. I heard that you're the one who's taking a penalty between you and your wife. And that's important. You got to figure that out. And that's good that you guys know the answer. I was, I was concerned that you were both going to say someone different because then that creates problems. I, I honestly should have charged them for some marital counseling or something. The questions <laughs> I was giving up. That's, I mean, it's when you, when you talk about something they both love, it's easy. So you, you'd be a good counselor, man. That's good. <laughs> so obviously you're getting more playing time. Um, obviously not an ideal situation. There's, there's new uh, struggles, new difficulties there. Um, mm -hmm. At that point, are you thinking professional soccer is the goal for you? I started thinking that at Creighton. That was actually one of the, the reasons why I decided to transfer because I looked at some of the players that went further and that got drafted. And I'm thinking to myself, I practice with these guys every day. And of course, they deserve what they got. But I'm also thinking if they can do it, why can't I? And I started thinking that in my freshman year even. And then it continued on, especially when I transferred because I uh, – like you said, it, more challenges, but at the same time, playing time. Now I'm thinking, I'm not just saying that I can do certain things. Now I'm hope, ideally showing that I can. And hopefully if I continue to improve, you, you know, who knows? Who knows where this can go? Um, that being said, I, I still I am lucky that I had parents that forced me to get a degree. And because of that, you know, I, I could have left to go play uh, a f few times earlier in college. And that would not have been smart by any means. Um, one, I don't think I would have been ready enough to even even play wherever I went. And two, I wouldn't have had a degree. So I would have to go back and, and do something else. So it's, it's definitely um, smart to go to school and for both reasons. You know, you don't go there just because you love the soccer. What happens when you're injured? You're still at that school. What, you're going to hate it. You have to understand mm -hmm. why you're going there. And for me, I was lucky enough to be grounded understanding that I, I was there for my degree as well as as the soccer experience as well so um yeah at that point i was thinking you know we'll see what happens how, how far can i take this I, I think i have the ability to continue on after i continually saw certain players earn accolades and and different opportunities at the pro level that i would even compare myself to so that was um that was when that sort of those aspirations sort of not just became real but you know i started to to train with those people also and to realize that the level wasn't that far off from what I was capable of. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so then talk, talk us through the process then of, of graduating, you get your degree. That's a, a yeah. check mark for the parents. That's a big one. I'm sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, and then what, what's your route to then professional soccer? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I wanted to, I think we spoke before about, Creighton sort of checked the boxes off because I wanted to potentially go to med school. And so I wanted to finish with uh, my biology degree. However, that was taking longer. So I decided to switch to public health. 
and sort of uh, I meshed the two together. So I had um, I had to go in front of a board in order to get some classes approved that really were trying to stretch the the definition. The requirements. Of, exactly. Exactly. I took an I took an insect class that had nothing to do with human anatomy, but I, I was trying to make the argument that there were some similarities. I'm sure these teachers are looking at me thinking, this guy is telling me a bunch of, you know, BS right now, but, but at least he's trying, so we'll give it to him. So I had some nice, nice faculty members that helped me to graduate early uh, because I was anticipating getting an, uh, an invitation to the combine from uh, all avenues that I'd spoken to at Chicago Fire. And so I, I leave um, with all my requirements necessary to graduate um, in December of 2016. And I'm, I'm prepared to go and we'll head to the combine in January or the end of December and we'll see what happens at the draft. And I get home. I've been home for about a week and I'm continually training. Yeah, bugs are super important, man. I, I'm a big fan, Reed. And they, they, um, they basically, I get a call from uh, Nelson Rodriguez at the, at the fire at that time. And he said, you know what, we had talked before about potentially giving you an invitation to the combine and then seeing what happened about potentially giving you a homegrown. And he said, we're going to we're going to actually pass on that because we we're a fan of someone else coming up in, in the years after you. And, um, you know, I don't want to single him out because I, I'm very happy for him and he deserves all the success that he's getting. However, I uh, I was pretty frustrated, to put it mildly. Um, so I'm at home thinking, you know, what am I, what am I going to do now? Okay, let's go to, I'm happy I have that degree. Let's, let's start looking at medical schools. That's not to say I, I was quitting, but I'm just thinking that was my most realistic route at that point. Mm -hmm. um, and each time something happened like that, the same as when I was transferring, something happens out of the blue. And as, as someone, I don't want to go off on a long tangent about faith, but basically, you know, I feel like that's, that's a part of it. Something happens for a reason. And in this case, I had another phone call. Again, strange number, this time not California. This time it was from Czech Republic. And um, first of all, I'm thinking, do I have to pay for this phone call? Because it's kind of out of the country. But uh, I answer it, and it ends up being an assistant coach at a team in, in the Czech Republic inviting me there on a two-week trial. And I'm thinking to myself, first off, how does this happen? You yeah. Know, what What is the likelihood of him getting my number even to begin with, and, and second off, even even considering me as an option? And so, I he there, there's a little caveat there. You have 48 hours to get there. So he's like, you gotta you gotta make it there, because we leave for preseason in Turkey in like 50 some hours. So you have to get here and do. I'm like, all right, great. A uh, wow. little quick background story too for me was that. My father was born there. I have a lot of family uh, from the Czech Republic. I speak it roughly, so I don't want to say fluently, but let's say 80% maybe um, fluency. And so they, they don't even know this about me. And so I'm thinking this, is, this fits everything for me. And the team was also 25 minutes away from where I have family in Czech Republic. So I'm thinking this is a no-brainer. This is meant to be. Let's make it happen. So I buy the plane ticket, which um, – at that t at that point kind of emptied my wallet i'm not gonna lie yeah <laughs> but sure. i'm like not i'm cheap. like let's get let's get there i want to do it it's worth it you know when it, when am i going to have an opportunity like this again so i go there um the first thing i do get off the plane and before these people are getting on their plane to go to turkey 
the first team and uh, is going to be heading there for, cause they have sort of, as you know, they, there's a break in the season there. So they have sort of two preseasons before um, both segments of, of their seasons go for those that aren't familiar. And I get off the plane, but they're doing all their fitness testing in the Czech Republic first because it's colder there. It's, it's still freezing and everything. So they're thinking, let's get, let's let the boys run in this so that they don't burn up somewhere else. And I'm thinking that's smart, except I'm getting off a plane. I'm jet lagged. I'm dead. That's a terrible idea. So yeah. we have to do, we have to do, what is it? The VO2 max. We do that inside, which I'm freaking out. I'm, I'm off the, my, all the leads that are on me are, are falling off. Cause I'm already sweating before I even started. Um, but that, that went well. And then the next day we did right before we were supposed to take a shower and get on the plane. We did, um, there are so many different types of yo-yo tests, but we did one of those as well. And as I explained to you before, if it wasn't for the terrible and excruciatingly painful regimen that I had at Santa Clara, I wouldn't have been fitness, uh, you know, fit for this uh, specific test that was coming up. So I, I did very well, to put it mildly, and at least that made me stand out to begin with. And that might have covered up for some deficiencies I had elsewhere. And that, <laughs> that helped me get signed after, after two weeks of preseason in Turkey over there. And, yeah, um, it's uh, it's funny yeah. how usually adversity um in the moment is not fun, but how beneficial it becomes later on in life. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself. But you don't, if you're thinking about it at that moment, then you're gonna hate it. You're yeah, gonna always hate it. You gotta have it's it's tough, and it's easy for me to say now, especially in retrospect. But you gotta think about something a little bit farther down the road than how am I feeling at this exact second. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you get signed. Uh, it's, I don't know if I can pronounce it right. Absolutely. Slovako? Slovasko. Yeah, it was very Slovasko. close. You, uh, almost close. good pronunciation. Yeah, it was, um, it was awesome. It was really, really cool. I was, um, first off, when they signed me, they signed me to uh, a year contract with a bunch of different gibberish written in there in small print, which I should have had a lawyer around, but I didn't know any in Czech Republic. So <laughs> um, I took it. And um, it was it was good, except written in there was that I was basically not just I was a first team player, but I was used as a training tool. So I was for my first four months there, I was doing double double days for four months. So I would train with the second team, uh, essentially their reserves, which played in the third division of Czech football. So I would uh, I would train with them in the morning. And then I would train with the first team in the afternoon because the first team, you know, got to sleep in, do whatever, had all the, the better stuff. But I was <laughs> – so I'm gassed in the morning. And then not to say I'm trying to, you know, go in cruise control with those those guys, but I'm, I want to succeed with the first team here. Right. So I want to give it yeah. my all with those guys in the afternoon, but I'm gassed. So it was, it was another lesson of, of trying to push through something. And, and it worked. Um, I – unfortunately never even stepped on the field with the first team i made the bench for a month straight and I, I was coming everything and then i tore my hamstring because i um i couldn't keep up i, I couldn't keep yeah. up at that with the demands of, of doing all those things. It, it got to me i guess and um you know maybe part of that's on me maybe i had to take care of my body better but you know i i i don't want to blame anyone else for what happened to me stuff happens so it uh it basically led me to my next decision, which was either 
they were going to send me on loan to another club that had, in their opinion, a better uh, rehabilitation facility. And not that they didn't, but they said this other club is better known for it. So we'll send you on loan there to a second division club and, and you know, you'll still get paid, but they'll take care of you there. So you'll do another rehab there for a while. And I sort of talked my way out of that. And, you know, I, I decided I was more comfortable coming home to the U.S. To, to do rehab for that because, you know, not that they would have done a bad job. I'm sure it would have been excellent, but it's a little bit difficult to um, to go through a, any sort of rehab process when you don't fully understand what they're telling you to do. And mm. while I said I, I speak it almost fluently, it's still something I wasn't comfortable with because when they're telling you very specific things to do, like flex this specific area so this happens, you know, only go to a certain degree of, you know, uh, movement with your leg and stuff like that, I, I was a little bit cautious of that. And so because of that, I, I sort of terminated my contract early and I came home to the Chicago area and I did rehab here for three to four months. And uh, it was it was fun. I got to go to Bridges for a few times, but not not much, unfortunately for me, because I again, that was far away from me. And and I didn't want to go there until I was 100 percent because I don't <laughs> the one thing I never wanted to do was let anyone down, whether it was the people who support me or it was my own teammates. And so I didn't even want to go there and, and sort of go at cruise control again just to make sure I didn't get injured. And because I would I feel like I, I can't if I'm not going 100 percent, then it's not really worth worth me doing it on the field. So I went there a few times and then I tried to get in touch with a bunch of USL clubs and a lot of people were in contact, but no one wanted to really sign me at that point. Um, and I, I understand. I mean, I came back from Europe. I barely played for the first team and it was tough. I went there because I was anticipating that was going to benefit me in the long run. I thought that after I played there, then everything else would be a lot easier. Yeah. You get uh, the European experience. You come home to the U S and people are like, Oh, we got to sign him. <laughs> that was the plan right and unfortunately it didn't quite turn out that way so i came back and i was uh more experienced yes but slightly slower with <laughs> a different hamstring uh to put it but it was um it was good so I, I basically talked to a lot of people and and some of them were interested some of them weren't and one more so than the rest ended up he was a guy um in birmingham alabama he said you come on down here i know you probably don't want to play um what is now um uh, pdl or was then pdl what is now usl league two they're like you probably don't want to do this but come on down we know you you're coming from an injury so basically you can use this time to rehab we have xyz facilities that will will help you with and if you get back to a certain level that that we think you're capable of then we'll uh sign you to our usl team that's starting the next year mm -hmm. and i'm thinking that sounds reasonable why not Birmingham, Alabama sounds lovely. I've never been there, but uh, let's let's do it. Um, and so I ended up I ended up heading down that way. And again, every stop I make, it's it seems like it's completely out of the way and something crazy. But it's an, another amazing experience to meet a lot of really really cool guys. Um, the housing situation wasn't ideal. I was living with six other guys. Uh, those sort Rough. of their budget. Rough. Right. Really quick. Ryan Mash is probably the greatest legend to ever come out of santa clara university men's soccer that guy's amazing uh southern bells yeah reed that was that was also on the back of my mind a little bit <laughs> um but yeah basically i went there and i lived with six guys in a really small apartment but all of them are 
really cool guys that I'm, I'm really close with right now. And, you know, the season went out. PDL was, was harder than I had anticipated. I was thinking, I remember PDL. No, that's, that's no big deal. I played it in college. And this was rough. This was, <laughs> this was harder than I thought it would be. So I'm out there and uh, we're, uh, we're playing against these teams from Mississippi, from Georgia, from Tennessee. And, uh, you know, we weren't doing so well. And we had we had decent amount of depth and stuff like that. But at the end, it was just kind of a lot of training and, and a lot of traveling and not a lot of preparation and, and sort of proper. And it's usually Sorry. not ideal travel or anything. You know, it's like, let's no, spend about 15 passenger vans and drive six hours, get off, have an hour warm up and play. It sounds like you've done it before. Yeah. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> so that um, that was definitely part of it. And, you know, for whatever else it was, the fact that we weren't doing so well meant that I had a lot of film for my highlight tape because we were defending a lot. So, so that, that benefited me uh, individually. And it ended up being that two of us, actually more than that, because some guys were coming from college. So it ended up being four, four guys from that PDL team ended up being signed by the USL team, which was, oh, wow. that was unheard of for me for um, other PDL clubs. And it was uh you know, everyone deserved it. There were two guys who came from UAB, which is University of Alabama at Birmingham. And then myself and someone else named Tyler Savisky from California. Tyler would ended up being my roommate when I signed with Birmingham. Uh, so it was, okay. I spent a lot of time with that guy and it was, it was a really cool experience, but um, it wasn't even done there. So basically everything ended up being another trial. So they didn't just sign you. They said, okay, you can come to preseason with, with Birmingham Legion. I'm like, all right, that sounds, that sounds great. You know, another test. Why not? I've already come this far. And, um, the same thing we show up there and there, there's roughly 12 people on trial and I'm thinking, Oh, this is great. Let's, let's do it. Um, you know, you're walking around there in the end, it doesn't matter, but you do it just for the sake of conversation. Like what position do you play? And I'm looking at, I'm like, Oh, great. They have like four other center backs. This will be great. And, and, unless, uh, unless you're playing like a back five with three center backs, you got a problem. I know, I know. <laughs> and so really, this is how much free time I had. I had to look up the coach and I'm looking at what, what formations he played. Never once did he play a five back system. I'm like, this is great. Uh, <laughs> um, but I'm thinking I'm here. I've put enough effort into it. I might as well see it through. So um, we go there, we go to, you know, each week it's getting cut lower and lower. It's another person each week. And, the expectations from the general manager over there, his name was uh, Jay Heaps, actually, which is a, he's a legend in the MLS community. And I, I remember watching him play, but I never got the chance to meet him. And now he's my general manager and he's talking wow. to me about being specific with my realization of, of what's, what's to be expected. And this started when I was on the PDL team. He's saying, yeah, probably not going to be signed. And then after that, yeah, probably no chance you're going to even make it to the first preseason trip. And then after that, you know, which again, I'm not knocking it. He's trying to be realistic. Right. And that, that was probably the, the case there. But for me, it was sort of the ideal timing of the need for my position, as well as me slowly getting back to the level I know I'm capable of pre-injury. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it was sort of a, a, a perfect storm for me. And as it continued on, I, I was offered a, a contract there and it was an amazing year. I, um, <laughs> speaking of amazing years, um, this is probably the best goalkeeper I've ever played with in my life. Um, him and uh, Trevor Spangenberg. So that's Matt Van Okel down there saying a comment. 
I think we're going to have to give a shout out to his hair too if he's calling me skinny because he just dyed it some strange color. I don't know what's getting into his head. I think quarantine or or eating roadkill that he barbecued. Everyone knows goalies are a little a little crazy and weird, right? They are, they are. But center backs, you know, we're we're pretty close with our goalies, so we uh, we're not far off. <laughs> that's right. We learned we learned to like him. But yeah, I miss that guy. He's he's one hell of a keeper and an even better guy. So um, I miss you, Maddie. But we. Um, we went on to have a up and down season for sure. Uh, we start off and, you know, it's, it's, am I making excuses for the team? Maybe, but you start off as an expansion team. The team really has no time to actually become a team. Right. So we don't know anyone's tendencies. We don't know even our head coach very well. And so we start off very rocky. We start off poorly and we, we rattled off a bunch of losses in a row, which anyone knows is not the recipe for success. Uh, ideally you're going to have a loss, from time to time for sure but you don't want those to to compound by having two in a row three in a row and keep going like that usually you the goal is never lose two in a row never do mm-hmm. that yeah never lose anything but let's be realistic you don't want to lose two in a row and so we turned it around halfway through the season um the goalie down there is a huge reason why he made huge saves all the time but but the defense shored up and from that point on we actually learned how to score which anyone will tell you is kind of important in soccer so uh we we continued on and we had a good season there I, I had some opportunities to, to you know, um, I don't want to say force my way into the lineup, but I think some injuries and, and some other key areas helped me out there as well. And so you, you kind of have to always be ready for your opportunity. And I, I personally thought I was, and I was excited for what was going to happen year two. I was really excited. Um, and as we spoke before, some sort of situation in my family uh, ended up being, you know, I, more of the priority for me. I love soccer and I will always love soccer. And that was always huge in my life. But, you know, I've preached a certain thing of of sort of God family soccer. And it sounds, sounds wonderful when you, you put it on as a hashtag or, or uh, some, some sort of caption on somewhere, but I didn't want to be a hypocrite and and continue on to go somewhere um, when I was sort of needed more at home. So as I said, I don't don't regret it, but you know, there's always the thinking, you know, I was, I was thinking that finally now, if I went somewhere, I wouldn't have to maybe start from zero. You know, maybe now at the next team that I went to, which there, there are a few clubs I'm talking to, and I was thinking, you know, now I'm going to start with a little bit of a higher level than, you know, the new guy who has to go through a trial. And, uh, you know, I, I won't know what that, that feels like, but at the same time, it, I'm used to continually having to earn whatever. So I'm doing the same thing now in, in the real world, starting from <clears> – <throat> zero work experience apparently <laughs> um, I, you you've had success in it before so I, i'm not too worried for you in it well, I, I, I really appreciate it, it. No, uh, i think it'll be good too real quick before we finish i want to know if you it's been a couple years for bridges but if you can remember your five aside plus a goalkeeper what would you choose my five aside so if i'm not playing let's <laughs> yeah let's put it that if, if i'm not there i pick uh Jeff has to be in goal. Uh, that was my goalie at Creighton. Uh, hell of a guy and amazing goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Then I would have Kaz as my defender. Um, instead of me, I would put uh, Adabor in there. Or Abador, excuse me. I screwed that one up. And um, then I would have probably Kyle Knotek uh, in midfield. I would probably have Woj on one side and probably Reed on the other. And uh, I think that's a solid lineup that's winning every day. 
uh, in my version two would be you and me in the back, Matt. But you know, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We, we had I think that a couple times. We did well. Uh, it was fun. It was it was definitely fun, and uh, it, it's it's a great atmosphere all the time. Just because you you know you're similar to me in that we love to compete, kind of at any aspect, and and I, I'm looking forward to hopefully doing that again. Uh, but not just trying to stay fit for the next season, just to actually go out there and have fun. So that'll be good. Um, I'm looking at these two clowns that just came on. They, uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry, Eric, man. I, I, I didn't play with you enough. Otherwise you're in there for sure. Um, but the Bryce other guys, Jack and, Jack and Bryce, those are two, two good friends again from my, my short time at Creighton. But, um, yeah, Jack is not really the best soccer player. He's, he's kind of a tennis expert who <laughs> pretends to be good at everything, but he's got great hair. So I'll give him that. Um, but yeah, like anything you. else, Matt? I, first off, I really appreciate the opportunity to even come on and and have a chance to speak about myself. I'm sorry, I would love to let everyone know about you and, and interview you no, sometime. No. But uh, mine's not as exciting, man. No, I think your story's uh, it's unique and it's a it's an awesome story. And even even the way it ended, um, you know, maybe isn't how you dreamed of. But at the same time, like I, it's it, it's a lot of respect for you that that you're holding to true to what your values are you know it's easy to preach something to others but to actually live it is a whole other uh situation i really appreciate that man uh, and it's yeah it's you get to end on your own terms at least it's not an injury that's you know making you do that you get to actually make a decision and i know there's we're barely out of time but for the sake of it you mind if i give a little bit of advice to Absolutely. some players really quick because that's I, I feel like super important and i um I talked about a lot of different adversity, right? And I talked about all these different things that went on. And that's not to say this is unique to me. Everyone else has adversity that they have to face. Um, yeah, it's been a pleasure, Reed. Thanks a lot, man. I hope you and, and Kyla are doing really well. And uh, stay safe out there, all right? And I'll end with this. You know, so many times players make excuses about why they didn't get to a certain level or why the outcome of a game didn't happen because of something that they can't control. And you got to stop doing that because that that's just creating a sort of a, a poorer mindset for yourself. Uh, for me, it was a guy named Stan, Stan Anderson, that a lot of people know now as camp shutout. Uh, this is an amazing goalie, uh, even better guy as well. In the end, uh, a lot of the times players always make excuses. And I was, I was not typically one of them, but I remember one instance we went on a, uh, a trip, preseason trip, with actually one of the guys who just came on with Howell and, and the Chicago fire, we would do these preseason trips down to South Carolina. And I remember we played against uh, different. Uh, so the first team would play against the other first team. And then the academies would play against each other there as well. And so we played against New York Red Bulls Academy at that time. And I remember it, it was, everyone was talking about it, like, Oh, we're playing against these good guys. I was a young Juan Agudelo at that point. And, um, I'm thinking this will be awesome, but I go out there and, you know, I have a slight, slight tweak in my hamstring, but nothing bad. Like I could easily co continue to play. I make a mistake. We end up losing, I think two, one, I played decently after that mistake, but I come off and, and the coaches ask me what happened. And I'm blaming it all on, on this little, this little injury that I had. And I was, I wasn't playing it off or I wasn't exaggerating too much, but I, I was blaming my performance on that. And Stan pulls me to the side, and I remember it to this day. He's like, listen, man, you played fine. 
you, you played really well afterward. You made one mistake, and you're, you're blaming this whole performance on an injury. He's like, listen to me. You'll go a lot farther the rest of your career if you start taking accountability for your actions, all right? Don't ever blame anything on anyone else. If you did poorly, say you did poorly. You know, take it from that point. And, and um, I don't want to say that's, that's the kind of player I was because this is kind of a one-off situation, if I'm being honest. But that really propelled me to, to think about that the rest of my life. You don't ever want to say or blame anyone else for what happened to you. If you had a bad game, own up to it. That means the next game you'll play a lot better because you're taking accountability. So that means you have to take accountability throughout the week to get better. You know, think about the things you did well and the things you did poorly and try to continue the things you did well as well as work on the things you did poorly to make them better. And so that's the biggest thing. You have to, you have to always own up to everything. It's got to be on you. you got to have a winner's mentality. It, it can't be, you know, something happened. It can't be a victim mentality. Oh, this happened because of the ref. You can't control the ref. Worry about the things you can control. Continue to take accountability, and you're going to go far in life. And you know, find what motivates you, and continue to to, to do that. So, that's that's my small words of wisdom there, Matt. And no, I I appreciate it. Yeah, it's like uh, taking complete ownership of your your performance. Because I I I try to tell my players that same thing in the sense of if you're if you are able to blame it on the guy next to you or whatever, or this or that maybe in the locker room after the game you don't get you know or film session you don't get beat up for it but i said the the learning the growth the improvement for yourself stops there then the second that you don't take ownership for your mistake there's no growth and learning you're bound to make the same mistake again now it sucks. It, it sucks to be completely you know honest and open that it was your mistake and you have to own it for that you know week or two but in the long yeah. run I think it's a it's a major difference. So I like that advice, especially for for younger players. Absolutely. The the earlier you can start that, the better. And and like you said, ideally you just <laughs> hopefully you're not being honest like that every single week, saying it was my mistake every week. Yeah. Hopefully you learn from that and uh, and you get better. But there's a lot of opportunity to be had, and as long as you can push through a lot of a lot of things that get sort of pushed in your way along along your path, as long as you can overcome those things and not worry about you know how you're feeling in that moment. There's so many great players in the U.S., and, and I wish them all a ton of success. Yeah, I have, uh, I have one final question for you just because now you're, you've been out a couple months um, from being around a soccer team and all, and I just want to get yeah. your perspective. What, what aspect of, of soccer do you miss the most? <sighs> that's, uh, that's tough because I miss the whole thing because that's, that's been what I've done since I was four. Um, but as far as if I had to pick – one thing I'll kind of combine them and that's competition, man. I, I thrive off of that. Uh, again, I, I was never the most talented, but I was always a huge competitor and that's, that's what got me far. And, and I love it. I love going after trying to even be the winning team at the end of the day at training. I love, you know, trying to play two touch with someone in there, just messing around before a game. I love trying to beat people at that. And, um, there are definitely aspects I can do it here to family members, but it's a little bit different. The competition level is not this high. You can't, you can't crunch someone with a slide tackle. It's a little, <laughs> a little bit socially irresponsible now. Absolutely. Um, but, but I miss that the most. And of course the camaraderie amongst your teammates, that's, you can never have that back unless you're with your teammates. Friends are friends. That's fantastic. But it's a little bit different when you go kind of go through hell and back with, with teammates than it is, you know, friends and, and going out, that's a little bit different. So I, I miss those the most. Absolutely. Uh, I miss fans. <laughs> that's, that's always fun to have, have any sort of fan experience and, um, you know, trying to make a kid's day, for example, signing an autograph. 
you know, that guy will probably never even think, you know, you're some superstar. But at that moment in time, you're making this little child's day by having and seeing either him or her light up, you know, when you sign something. And that's that's a really cool experience. It's something I remember getting that feeling when I was young mm -hmm. and, and I was I was blessed to be able to do that a few times um, to other people. So those are definitely aspects I miss. But, you know, hopefully someone else will be getting the same joy out of it that I did. So it's it's good. And uh, I want to say thank you very much again for having me on, Matt. Sorry for going over right, time. Well, but it's I, a good story, man. Don't apologize. All right. I, I really hope you're doing well and staying healthy. Uh, and you're killing it. I see these articles. I can't read them or understand them because they're in another language. But keep doing it. Uh, it's it's always good. Though. That, right? It's never it's never bad. <laughs> That's what I say, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I feel you on the like on the things you miss, obviously still coaching uh, some of those aspects I still get. But I think for me, the hardest is that camaraderie. Because it's, yeah. uh, it's a different relationship in the locker room when you're the coach than when you're a teammate. <laughs> it's completely different. And if you try to make it the same, then that's a little bit overstepping on boundaries too. Yeah, not a recipe for success, right? Yeah. But no, I appreciate you coming on and sharing your story, man. I think it's a great one. I think it's uh, incredibly valuable to younger players just because I think uh, it wasn't just a, a straight trajectory up and there's a lot of you know, difficulty and maybe dips in the in the road, but you kept working at it, kept kept going and found success throughout the process. So I love the story myself. I, I really appreciate it, man. And likewise, you, you're having a continuation of your successful story. So keep it going. Uh, and thank you, man. Uh, like I said, thank you a lot again. Uh, stay healthy. And if you ever need anything, please don't hesitate to reach out and uh, look forward to catching up when you're back. All right. Absolutely, man. All right. See ya. All right. All the best. Bye.